Hear the word of the Lord from Mark 1, 14 through 20. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he'd gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Amen. Well, good morning. morning. I uh, was out in Loman a couple weeks ago, and they have... um, they have a couple of little fishing ponds up there in Loman. And so I took my, my son, uh, my middle son Joshua, and my little guy Alex, and we went fishing in the fishing ponds in Loman. I'm teaching my middle son Joshua how to fly fish. And uh, my littlest guy Alex was with me, and we had him on just a hook and bobber and let him float the, the power bait or the worm. But Josh was over there learning to fly fish, and I was teaching him how to cast. And, and then at the same time, I was helping Alex out, and Josh is trying to give it a go, and I'm putting the bobber on for Alex, and all of a sudden, Josh says, Dad, I got something. And I look over, and I, I can't see the line. I'm looking for the line out in the water, and I'm like, what, what is it? This is what happened. Josh is putting his fly, little, little pale morning done, Lighting it out into the, into the water, and this massive dragonfly <laughs> sees that pale morning done and hooks on to that fly. And it got hooked. And so it was like Josh had a kite, a dragonfly kite. <laughs> and this thing was going all over the place. Dad, I got this thing. And we didn't know what to do. I mean, it, it would come, and then it would kind of come and attack you, you know, bomber dive on you. And, and we were trying to get it so we could get the hook out from the, from the dragonfly. And it was exciting for a little while. And then finally, finally we got it, and, and you know, it was flapping at you. It was beautiful. It was blue, that shimmery blue and green. And, and uh, finally got the, got the hook out, and, and the dragonfly uh, luckily survived and, and went off flying. And I was thinking, you know what, that was really, that was really cool, what happened. I've never caught a dragonfly. I've never seen a dragonfly <laughs> caught before. But at the same time, I was going, you know what, there's more. There's more than this. There's more than dragonflies. And I was looking at the people across the way, and they were pulling in a big old trout. And I was like, that's what we want to be doing. We want to be catching trout. And I think that's the way the disciples were. I think the disciples that Jesus called wanted more out of life. I think they knew there was something more. 
just like you and I were, those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ. You ever reflect back on the moment when Jesus said, come follow me, and you said, I will follow? Because someone's stirring in your heart. There's more than catching dragonflies. There's more to life. There's more than, than what I'm experiencing, and I want more of life. Jesus called them into full life, into abundant life, like John 10, 10 says. I've come to give you life full of me. And what we're doing in these next many weeks and what we've been doing is we're, we're following in the dust of the rabbi, in the footsteps of Jesus. And as we just returned from Israel, uh, reflecting upon and sharing some photos of places that we've been, and those of you who have journeyed with me, you know those places well. But we want to think about where Jesus walked and what he did and what he taught. If we're going to be disciples of Jesus Christ, followers of his, then let's follow and see what he was all about so that we can live in the abundance of Christ. Jesus calls out, come follow me. And that's his call to each of us, isn't it? Come follow me. I want to give you life. And I will, the scriptures say this morning in Mark, I will make you fishers of men. He gives us purpose for our lives. We get the beautiful privilege of being part of God's kingdom work on this planet while he has us here. We get to, to sit to climb up into his lap and call him Abba, Daddy. He gives us life and purpose of life. We follow him with obedience. We surrender our life to his. We are disciples of Jesus Christ, followers of his. And that's what we're looking at this morning in Mark. What does it look like to be a disciple? What's that calling Is it coming to church on Sundays? I think there's so much more. And so the Lord calls his disciples. I want to remind you about what we talked about last week, about the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. Just to bring us back to, to where we're at today. John had been out in the desert. He had prepared the way for the king was coming. A voice in the wilderness because the Messiah is coming. And Jesus was baptized by John. Jesus was baptized in his identity, identification with us and our humanity. He had no need to be baptized, but only to say, I take this sin. Repentance is the call. As you come and, and baptize for the repentance, for the forgiveness of sins, I come and I'm baptized. I'm the one who's taking all these sins. And so he identifies with us, you and me, at that baptism. And then he takes on the sin of the world upon himself on the cross. He's baptized at that point. He comes out of the water. The clouds break open. And the voice of God speaks forth. Remember, this is my beloved son. With him I am well pleased. And if there's one thing I didn't want you to forget from last week, and just a reminder this week, this was all before Jesus had done any ministry whatsoever. 
before he had gone out and done the work of God. And so much, we are, we are so trying to please God with all that we do for him. And I just want to remind you again that God is well pleased with you, those of you who are in relationship with him, those of you who have called him Lord and Savior. Because, plain and simple, you are children of God. And because of that fact, he is well pleased. And he loves you, and you are, like he called to Jesus, my beloved. Jesus comes out of the water, God speaks, and in the form of a dove, the Spirit comes down upon Jesus. And Jesus goes out into the desert from that place. You know, I think it's interesting that the form of the Spirit came down in a dove, like a dove. Not a falcon, not an eagle, these mighty birds, but a dove. Peace. And the Lord says, my peace I leave with you. You see, because of the Lord Jesus Christ, you and I, as followers of Christ, as disciples, we have peace with God Almighty. We're made right with Him. And we are at peace. And the Lord came and He ministered in peace to bring the love of God to this world. He didn't come as this fighting eagle, but this beautiful dove, bringing life to the world. And he begins his ministry and he goes out into the desert for 40 days. The Spirit leads him there. I want you to think about when you, when you came to Christ. And I want you to think about what it was like right after that. Because I think the reality for most of us in the journey with the Lord is that right away, when, when eternity is broken into, when God gets a hold of our hearts and the enemy is defeated because God has us as his child, that right away the battle begins and the temptations flood upon and all of a sudden we feel like we're right in the desert. You ever had that camp experience? I know many of you probably... As you came to the Lord, you were at a camp somewhere. Many of us have come to Christ at camp. And it was a beautiful experience in the Lord. And the next thing you know, man, you're getting hit from all sides. Jesus goes out in the middle of the desert. He has the power of the Spirit. But he's hit right away. And I think you and I are, as followers of Jesus Christ, as we draw closer to the Lord, as we go deeper with him, Man, we are placed in that desert oftentimes. But here's the one thing I don't want you to forget. The scriptures say, as Jesus was in the desert, as he's preparing for ministry to do the work of God, as he's preparing to go out and to share the gospel, the good news that he's here, he's in the desert, and guess what happens? He's ministered to right in the middle of the desert. He isn't left alone. 
You know, some of you right this very moment might feel like, man, I am right in the middle of this desert place. And I want you to know something that's true of our Lord. You're never left alone. You're not there by yourself. As a disciple, as a follower of Christ, you are not alone in this time. Remember Elijah? Remember the great battle on Mount Carmel? We stood up there and we looked over the Jezreel Valley. The Jezreel Valley where Napoleon, you know, put his hand in his shirt and said, all the kingdoms of the world could battle here. And we looked up there, and as we stood on Mount Carmel, where Elijah called down fire from heaven, that God might be glorified, as the Baal prophets were trying to say, your God's a joke, and Elijah's the one who says, joke's on you. My God is holy God. Elijah. Yahweh is my God. He has an incredible victory up there, doesn't he? And the next, next scene, we see Elijah, and he is hiding out. He's under a tree. He's scared because Jezebel says, hey, I'm going to nuke you. You're going down. And all of a sudden, wait, he just, he just prayed to the Lord God Almighty, and fire came down, and he experienced the power of God. And he's afraid because Jezebel says, I'm going to take you out of the picture. Here's the thing. God understands our humanity. He understands our fears. He understands the journey. We're out in the desert. And God says, why why are you here? Why are you hiding? And he ministers to him there. Just like he does to you and me. And I just want you to let the Lord minister to you today as maybe you're under that tree or you're hiding out in that cave, let him minister to you. Psalm 23 says this. It says, right in the middle of the battle, right in the middle when enemies have surrounded me, O God, you prepare a banquet table for me in the midst of my enemies. You know what that means? You are my sustenance. You bring abundance. You bring life. Right in the middle of the battle. You are my shepherd. I shall not want. Jesus comes up out of the water. He goes into the desert. And he is ministered to there, just like you and I are. Right in the middle of it. Again, he experiences our humanity. Right? And he's ministered to. Then Jesus moves on. As he goes in, John's arrested. John the Baptist is arrested. Herod Antipas wasn't real happy with John because John said, Hey, you know what, Herod? Here's the deal. Not a good thing for you to marry your brother's wife. That's not what God has. Herod wanted to do what he wanted to do. So he says, John, listen, you're going in jail. Don't tell me what to do. I can marry whoever I want. So John the Baptist is in prison. And, and, and Jesus starts to travel into Arbel, into uh, Galilee. And he comes by this area. There's, we were just there. And there's this, there's this mountain called Mount Arbel today. And the travel route 
to get into Galilee comes right, right by the base of this incredible mountain. And I want to show you, I want to show you a picture of this uh, area of Mount Arbel. Mount Arbel is this incredible mountain that overlooks all of Galilee. You can stand on the top and you can see the whole region of Galilee. And there's, there's incredible wildlife up there and, and flowers that are blossoming out of the desert. I mean, just gorgeous flowers that come up. Bridget taught us up there. <clears throat> Zach led us in worship as we were there. And here's the one thing I want you to think about. As, as Jesus was traveling into Galilee, and here's the high point that overlooks the whole deal. I can only picture our Lord Jesus Christ going up there and praying, Oh, Father, your will be done. As I go into this region and as I share the good news, you understand? Jesus spent his life of ministry there in Galilee. He'd come into Jerusalem for the, for the festivals, Passover and so on. But he spent his life, those three years, in Galilee, in that region of Galilee. And you can picture our Lord, who was in the habit of talking with the Father, right? Amen. Going up there and praying over that city, that region of Galilee. You know, one thing I want to encourage you guys to do, just on your own, or maybe you gather a few people together, is go up to Table Rock together. And just pray over this city of ours that God would have his will be done, his kingdom come in the city of Boise that we live in. Praying for hearts to be open to the gospel. Praying that God would use our lives. I don't know why he's got us here in Boise, but he does. Pray that God might use our lives to be fishers of men here in Boise, Idaho. But think about, maybe you do it with your growth group, Maybe just go up with your spouse, whatever. But go up to Table Rock. And like I think Jesus did on Mount Arbel, prayed over, Lord, your will be done here. Jesus goes into the region of Galilee to minister. And he says this, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. The time is fulfilled. All of the prophecy, everything you've been waiting for, all that has been spoken about of the Messiah, guess what? The time is now. God has come in the flesh. The kingdom of God is at hand. That doesn't refer to this place. It refers to his reign, his influence, his authority as king. The kingdom of God is at hand. And it's in the person of Jesus Christ. You want to know what holy God is all about? You want to know what his kingdom is all about? You want to know what life is all about in the Lord? It's in the person of Jesus Christ. He has arrived. And all of those prophets who spoke of me, Jesus says, I am here. And therefore, repent Repent. Remember what that means again? Last week we talked about it. Change your mind. 
Change your mind about the things of the world versus the things of God. Change your mind and, and start to confess and agree that the way that the Lord has for us is real life. Basically, turn from sin and turn to God. And for each of us as followers of Jesus Christ, because we fall short along this journey, don't we? We get a lot of dust on us. But let us be quick to confess those sins. Father, I know this isn't what you have for me. Father, I know this anger needs to be turned over to you. Father, I know this, this lust after things, after others, needs to be turned over to you. Father, forgive me. And the promise of the scripture is he is quick to forgive. That's why he came, right? For us. Broken humanity. That's why he died on the cross. Because he knows we get dusty on the way. But we're following in the footsteps of Jesus. So repent, change your thinking, and that changing of your thinking starts to change your action and your heart to follow after God and to realize there's more to life than dragonflies. He calls us to come follow him. And so Jesus comes into Galilee. And he comes along the shore. And as he's looking along the shore and walking alongside, he sees Simon and his brother Andrew, and they're casting a net into the lake because they were fishermen. That's what they did. And Jesus said, come follow me, I will make you fishers of men. And immediately, that's Mark's favorite word, by the way, immediately, you'll see it over and over again, immediately they got up and they left their nets and they followed him. This region, this area that they were fishing along the, the Sea of Galilee, primarily was an area called Tabga, it was, it was the area where seven springs fed into the Sea of Galilee. And this, um, this map, actually, uh, I'll uh, speak of this in just a little bit. But in, in Tabga, in the region of Tabga, seven springs fed in, and so that's where all the fish would hang out. And so Jesus would go to that area, and there was a lot that took place in, in that region around the Sea of Galilee. But the guys are fishing... And uh, the, uh, Jesus calls them, and he sees them out there fishing. You know, and it's interesting, as he goes on, he says this, as he sees the brothers. He says, afterwards, he said, uh, he went out and he saw, he saw Andrew, and he saw Peter, and he went a little further, he saw James and Zebedee, his brother, uh, John, who was in the boat. And they were, <clears throat> they were preparing their nets or mending their nets, is what the scriptures say of those guys. And I just wanted to bring that to your attention because that word of mending of nets is the same word that we see in Ephesians 4, which is equipping, equipping. And what we in this church have a real desire for in making disciples. Ephesians 4 says that we are to equip the saints, that's you in this body, for the work of the ministry. And what was happening is 
James and those guys were out there, and they're mending, they are equipping the nets. They're getting ready to fish. And just a little side note, that's our desire as we learn to follow Christ together. That we're preparing, that we're getting the nets ready, that we're ready to say, Lord, how do you want me to fish? And that hopefully we as as shepherds of this church are preparing you. And we as well are out there fishing. But we want you to be prepared. That's That's our mission of this church as we make disciples, equipping the saints for the works of ministry. So be asking the Lord, Lord, how do you want to use me to fish? I want to be equipped. I want to be ready to be called out. I want to live in your spirit, the power of your spirit. And so he sees the disciples out there. Immediately they followed. Now here's the deal. I don't think they all of a sudden, here comes Jesus and he's walking along. And he's just like, hey, Let's hang out together. Come follow me. And they're like, woohoo! Let's go do it. Why not? It's been a bad fishing day. There's a, there's, and John's really clear. There were several of these guys who were following John the Baptist. Remember, John the Baptist was all about showing the way to Jesus. And so John said to some of these guys, hey, listen, this is the Messiah. This is the one I've been telling you about. Go be with him. Several months had gone by. And then Jesus shows up along the shore of Galilee. Jesus spent all his time in Galilee. So many of these guys had met Jesus before. Several of them were with John the Baptist. So I don't think this was the first calling. And all of a sudden they just responded. I think there were some who did. When Jesus gets a hold of our hearts, man, sometimes we just go. But they had been with Jesus. Actually, in John, Jesus is going, they're following him, and Jesus is going, hey, what do you want? What do you want? Well, where are you staying, Jesus? We want to be with you, where you're at. We've heard about you, and we've heard your teaching, and we want to be with you. Here's the question as Jesus shows up on the shore of Galilee. And these guys have been with him. And they've walked with him. The question for me, as we study the scriptures, is why in the world are these guys back on their fishing boats? How did they end up back there fishing for dragonflies? And I think, again, it deals with our humanity. I think it deals with the Lord understanding that we feel the cost of that. We're afraid. What do you want me to give up, Lord, to follow you? What? You want me to surrender everything to you? I'm not sure. You want me to say that you're in control of my life versus me in control of my life? I'm not sure. There's a cost of discipleship. And I think the Lord understands their struggle along the way. You know, remember the rich young ruler? I want to follow you, Lord, what does it take? 
sell everything. I don't know. You know, many scholars believe that that rich young ruler was actually the author of this book of, of Mark, John Mark. Because John Mark actually speaks of himself that the Lord deeply loved that rich young ruler. There's a cost to discipleship. And yet God is full of grace. He shows up, and I think he does a second calling to these guys. And I hope this morning, if you're in that place where you've sort of been following Jesus, that you'll receive his call of grace this morning. I want you to really follow me. I want you to really surrender your life to me. You are no longer your own. You are bought with a price. And that is the blood of Jesus on that cross for us. Will you follow him? Discipleship was so important. Grace was poured out on these guys as it's poured out on you and me. And I just want you to understand the seriousness of discipleship and all that took place. I'm indebted to Ray Vanderlaan. He did an incredible series on on Israel and, and on discipleship. And I want to share some of that with you because I want you to understand what it means to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. Let me show you that, that map now of Galilee. There was, in the north here, there's three cities, Capernaum, Chorazin, and Bethsaida. Those cities were the center of discipleship. It was in that area that discipleship took place. And there were areas where rabbis would live. And the key thing about discipleship is that there would be all these little villages, and I want to show you one of the villages, Chorazin, that we have up here, that is one of the cities that that the Lord would go in. Remember the scriptures say that Jesus went around and he would travel into all the villages around and he would teach in the synagogues. But discipleship was all about community, about coming along each other's side, And there would be all of these young people who would want to grow up and to follow the rabbi. And so this place in Chorazin, this is the synagogue in Chorazin, and this is the way the city was set up. It's a great place because the ruins are still there, and you see all the houses that are there, and all that was was set up. This This is the synagogue area right here. This is the teaching seat the Moses seat. And then what they would do is they loved to come to the gathering place, to, to the synagogue, and they would have the, the closet of the scroll of the Torah. And they would, they would come up to the scroll and they would kiss it on their lips that, oh, the word of God is so sweet. Is the word of God that for you? I know these Gideon brothers know that full well. That's why they do this ministry. Oh, the word of God is so sweet because it brings life. And so they would gather in these places, and and Jesus would go into Capernaum. I want to show you Capernaum as well. And they would go, and he would teach there about life. And what would happen is, as a young person, Howard taught us in Capernaum, Howard Smith, and this is another incredible synagogue area, and as Jesus would go into the synagogues and teach, it gives you the idea of discipleship in this community. And here's what would happen. A young disciple, a young person who wanted to be like the rabbi. See, as little children, they would go to school to study the Torah and they would learn and memorize it. 
And they would spend their life devoted to it as young children. And then after a season, at about age, at about age 11 or 12, there'd be those who really loved it and who were doing well. And to each village, next to the synagogue, there was a school attached, literally, to the building, to the synagogue. And so they would go and they would study the Word of God because it was so precious there. And they would memorize it and memorize it. That was those who wanted to follow the rabbi. And then there was the next stage. After the initial teaching, what they would do is they would go to Beth Midrash. And that was, that was kind of the upper level teaching. And those who did well there and wanted to grow and learn. And then they would study and study and study. And then if they succeeded there, then they would become what was called a Talmud or a Talmudim. And that was one who was ready to be a disciple. Now, Talmudim is something very special. It isn't, I want to just follow the rabbi. It isn't, I just want to sit under his teachings. Listen to this very carefully. After all of this study and all of life and everything, and the rabbi in the community, to be a disciple of the rabbi, they would go and they would ask the rabbi, can I follow you? And this is what they were asking, and this is what they wanted. They didn't just want his teaching. What it meant to be a Talmudim was this. I want to be like the rabbi. I want to be like the rabbi. My whole life, I want to be devoted to the rabbi so that I might be like him. That's what it meant to be a disciple of the rabbi. Do you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? He says, come follow me. Will you come follow him and be his disciple? Jesus shows incredible grace, and then he does a second calling. But here's the other thing where I want you to understand grace is poured out. On the way, and near, near this area of Galilee, to the east side is a Decapolis city. I want to show you this. This is where all of the super intellects were. This is where all of the high-class people were. The Decapolis city, look at all the pillars. It was, it was beautiful. It had theater. It had everything you could want. All the people who, who were the, the scholars, all the people who had it all together, this is the theater that's there. And it's an incredible, well-preserved Decapolis city. It's not far away. Why didn't Jesus... They, they didn't have... In, in the old city... This is the, the public bathroom. Look at this. They didn't have the high-class public bathrooms like this in the cities of of Bethsaida. They didn't have the incredible men of strength. Jesus doesn't go into this city to call his disciples. And I find that very interesting. Jesus travels into the small villages knowing the hearts of men and he calls them to follow. He doesn't want us to be stupid Christians. It's not that we're not to be, have intellect. It's not that we're to be not succeeding. But I think it's to say something, which is, you know what? For some reason, 
we still think we have to have it all together. We still think we have to do, do, do for Jesus and be super Christians. And the Lord's saying, I just want your heart. Amen. I want your heart. Amen. Amen. And he calls us into discipleship. And he says, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. How do we become fishers of men? Is it our own doing? Is it all of our strength? Don't miss this part. Jesus says, I will make you disciples, fishers of men. I'm the one who's doing the work through the power of the Spirit. I will make you fishers of men. And so I grabbed Joshua and I said, Joshua, there's more than catching dragonflies. Let me show you how to fish. Ten and two, buddy. Ten and two. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you that you called us. And Lord, that you call us into life with you, into abundance, into salvation, into forgiveness of sins. Thank you, Father, that you forgive us. And Father, I know we want to be your disciples. I know we want to follow you. And help us, Father, in our weakness. Help us in our brokenness. Help us, Father, when we just stumble along the way. Lord, we want to follow you. And so, Father, I just pray that this morning that you would pour out your grace and that these dear saints, and myself included, we hear that, that second calling, that you pour it out and say, truly, be my disciple. We didn't have to ask you, Jesus. You asked us to be your disciples. Thank you, Father, for your grace. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we want to follow you. Amen.